Welcome to the Hear Kate Tell podcast. I am your host, Christina Alexander. Today's episode focuses on my guest, Amber Gregg, where she will discuss basketball one-on-one, how then her sport affects now her career, and what steps to take to becoming your own boss in a space dominated by the opposite success. I'm sorry, the opposite sex. My guest is an alum of the University of Texas at San Antonio and the current owner of her training business, 94 Feet Player Development. Please welcome Amber Gregg. What's going on, Amber? What up, what up, what up, what up? Listen, (laughs) I know that's right. It is a pleasure (laughs) to have you here on this platform. You're obviously doing amazing things, impacting, inspiring our youth, even just, you know, folks who want to continue to build their own brand the basketball way. So I want you to break down for me the word sport and what three descriptive words that story tell what it has meant to you and your success. Um, That's a, that's a deep question. And first and foremost, I want to say, I appreciate you um, for being so passionate and intentional about, allowing people to tell their story so that others can do the same thing, be inspired, be motivated. Um, so I, I just want to thank you and give you your flowers before we re- really get into it. Cause Appreciate I think that, a lot sis. of people need to hear that. A lot of people need to hear this um, just because it's, it's a lot of us. It's a lot yeah. of us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, um, the sport, I've been playing sports all my life since I was five, six years old. So it's meant a lot of things at different stages in my life. Um, but now that I'm on the backside of it, I have a different perspective, um, for all that it's done in my life. Right. So if I had to break it down, obviously in three words, um, accountability, um, passion and consistency. Ooh, I like those three. I like those. Okay, so so delve into why accountability. Let's start with that one first. Okay. I've always been a firm believer, you know, like when you're growing up and you're in it, you don't really see the rewards and benefits of the sacrifices and the decisions that you're making to to be good at what you do. And um, now I'm in a position to know, you know, now you're in the real world, right? So now you're transitioning out of your sport and you can use – different segments um, and avenues and resources and things that you've learned, obviously, from the game that you played all your life. So for me, accountability, um, when it comes to sport, is a big, a big proponent of winning. Mm. And I've been a winner all my life. In order to be a winner, you've got to know you know, what you do good, what you don't do good, where you drop the ball, what you need to improve on. Um, you have you have to have a great idea of where you stand and where you are. Um, it's easy in sports, obviously, to blame everybody else for a loss. It's easy to blame somebody else for not catching the ball. It's easy to blame the coach, especially now in today's world. Like the parents, it's a totally, completely different aspect. But I'm always and I have always been – one to say, what did I need to do? What could I have done better? What could I, what did I do good at? Um, what can I improve at? What 
could I have impacted more? Could I have talked to somebody more as opposed to blaming? And I think for me right now, um, because I was always that kid, it's transitioned to me now as a business owner, as a leader in my community, as a black woman. Um, I don't do the blame and the victim. I don't do that. Uh, I always take responsibility and accountability for the role I play in my own success and in my own suffering. Mm. So uh, that's been, if not the most impactful word when it comes to the stage that I'm at now. Uh, passion, I mean, if you don't love what you're doing, then you're not probably not going to go far. I think a lot of people chase the check. A lot of mm-hmm. people chase the money. And when the passion is not in it, you jump from thing to thing to thing to thing. Um, obviously, that's not to say that sometimes your passions, you know, sometimes I'm a firm believer that you need a break even away from your passions to reset, yeah. to think, to gather your thoughts, to gain perspective. Um, but I think if you're chasing what God put in you, you're always going to be successful and you're always going to be a constituent of change. Um regardless of where you are and what you're doing, even you as an example, right? Um, You're obviously passionate about having other people tell their stories, but at the same time, you're allowing people to do that and changing their perspective and them gaining perspective on the impact that they're providing. And I think it's it's hard for people to do that when they're in it, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes when I'm in it and I'm in the gym and I'm in the community and I'm talking to kids and I'm talking to parents, I don't see the change. I don't see what I'm doing. But two, three years down the road, this kid has a full-time job. This kid is a great husband. This kid is a great father. This kid is a great wife. This kid is a great pillar in the community. So a lot of it, like, you don't necessarily see your passions, but if if you're, if you're passionate about it, I can promise you God put it in you. Um... So as that's, I, I stand on that to the day that I die. You know, I'm just trying to live out my mission and what I feel like it was my purpose. And my passion has always followed my purpose all gotcha. the time. Ooh, so, I love that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been, that's been huge for me. And sometimes people can fight that, right? What people saying, what people want you to do, what your parents want you to do, what, you know, what the community, what the people outside, your friends – and I think once you find that inner thing that drives your passion, I mean, it changes the game. Like, it changes the game. And then consistency, obviously, you know, if you want to be great in anything, you have to be willing to do the things that people don't see you do. Uh, you might not get credit for. Uh, you might not be praised for. But it's t- it will take you a long way. And oftentimes, like, when you can't, there's that cliche saying, when you can't stay motivated, stay consistent. Because your motivations are going to change. They're going to go up and down, right? Some days you're going to feel like you're on top of the world. Other days you're going to feel like you can't get out of bed. And that's just human nature. That's life. That's that's the, the, the ups and downs we go through as humans. And I think if you can find something to hold on to out of those two things that I just named, accountability and, and passion, you'll stay consistent. And that'll lead to the results, um, whether it be tomorrow, whether it be three years from now, whether it be 10 years from now. I think the most successful people in my life have always been the most consistent. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's it's brought me much success, whether it be on a small scale, whether it be on a big scale. 
And I think, like I said, especially in our community, we deal with a lot, right? Black women deal with a lot. Black men Absolute. deal with a lot. Um, a lot Black of people outside, as a whole. <laughs> yes, outside influences. Like, it's just outside things that can affect your day-to-day life. I can, I can, I can get in my car and drive and get pulled over by somebody, and it can be a bad experience, an encounter, and it can affect me, but it's not going to stop me if I learn to stay consistent and accountable and passionate about what I feel like my purpose is. So those three things are kind of the things I hold on to, you know. Um, last one, prayer, you know, prayer, prayer. I feel like that just kind of hope. I feel like that kind of covers everything. Prayer. Yes. That's, yes we all yes, got to stay yes, in prayer. Like that's, yes. that, that kind of goes without saying. Oh yeah. Even for your sport, even for your sport. Right. When you get out there, a lot of people don't understand the demands of sports. It's a lot mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, it comes with a lot, a lot of sacrifices. And so I think that, you know, that's my secret weapon. Stayed healthy for the most part of my career. And even when I did and I was challenged, and I got through it with that. So, um, love that. I love that. Nope. Now you kind of answered yeah. the next three <laughs> questions I wanted to kind of delve into, but you mentioned something important, and and we've flown with this. Nah, go ahead, sis. Keep keep it rocking. Mm-hmm. What support systems were influential during that process? When you talk about being consistent, consistent. When you talk about um, realizing that as you were going through your transitions from player to coach, coach to a business owner in your career, that, um, you, you know, there were challenges. So talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that support system first. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd be, I'd be, you know, remiss, obviously, God, you know, I think that's first and foremost. But second, um, my family, my family is so, man, they're so supportive when it comes to my dreams and ambitions. Um, cause I, I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer. Okay. Like I think I can accomplish anything in the world. And I love sometimes, that. I love that. Again, as a, as a black woman, you can feel defeated. And I had to learn this as I became a business owner, right? Knowing your worth and asking for your worth and not feeling bad about it. Because a lot of times in the black community, we're, we're good at what we do. And I'm just, we're good. We bring culture. We have swag. We have different perspectives. But a lot of times we can feel bad about asking for the things we feel like we deserve, right? When we send contracts to people, well, is that too much? Is that too little? Is that too, you know, like, should I say this amount? And for me, it's like, I've always had people in my corner that told me, no, you're worth this. You deserve this. You are good at this. Um, and we're going to back you every step of the way. Like my parents, man, when I was going from high school, I mean, middle school to high school, I didn't live in the district that I was going to school at. And so, um, my parents had to get an apartment and pay for a mortgage in order for me to be eligible to play varsity basketball. Um, so that's the type of support that I had, even if even if they were working two jobs. My mom was full-time job, going to school to better herself. Like, I mean, my dad, full-time job. I had nothing but brothers. So it's I've always had the support of parents who were willing to do whatever they had to do to make sure that their kids had the opportunities that they were passionate about and good at. Um, mm. So I just, I, 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 I wouldn't be where I am without them. 
Like, I mean, at, at the end of the day, like I'm blessed. Okay. So blessed to be able to have both my parents still alive. They've been married for over 30 years. Like, I mean, it's just been, God has written my story, you know, as, as best as anyone can have it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm super blessed to be able to say that I have that and I've had them, um, in the good times and the bad times, right. Um, when I was hurt, when I, you know, was frustrated, like my dad played sports. He ran track at Gremlin. Um, my mom never played sports, but she was always, you know, industries playing tomboyish type deal. She's, she's more of a sports person than any of us in the house. So, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> so, um, I'm just I, extremely blessed and, and thankful and grateful that, I can, you know, I'm not taking that in vain. I'm I'm able right. to do what I'm doing now off the backs of them, you know, and I, I never forget that. I never, um, when I have the opportunity to tell that story, my dad coached me all my life. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, shout out to I, your parents. Let's get their yeah. name. Shout out shout to mom out and to, dad. Shout out to Jan and Tommy Gray. There you go. Okay. Tommy Gray, the We're giving them their flowers on this platform. For sure. For sure. So you so you mentioned a couple things though. You did mention obviously the impact, the support, the safety net of your family, mentally, uh, financially, emotionally, mm-hmm. and then you kind of talked about some of the the sacrifices that you had to not only just you but your family had to kind of go through in order for you to be where you are today. Now you played at the University of Texas at San Antonio. You also mm-hmm. coached at the University of Lafayette, Louisiana. Now, in that process from player to coach, you obviously, uh, you know, there were skill sets that you acquired. There were skill mm-hmm. sets that you honed. You know, like I said, you, meant, you, you, you talked about some of the challenges, some of the sacrifices. What did, I want to talk, I want to kind of transition into what did playing the game to teaching the game to now owning your business 94 feet, like what was that transition like? Man, it's, it was, it's been tough. But I tell you this, I've gained perspective. Um, whereas I could say, throw me a ball and I can do it. Now I have to teach somebody how to do it. Um, and teach them in a way that is not the way that I was taught, but the way that they understand. So using using both avenues of that, I'd say like, God rest my coach's uh, soul. You know, Ray Ripitor, Ray Ripitor Blair, I want to give her a shout out. Shout out um, at UTSA. She she changed my life. She changed my life. She was super big on accountability. She was super big on teaching, and she was super big on just doing it the right way. Um. So if I learned anything about uh, the transition from player to coach, I learned it all from her. Um. I think she did a great job in preparing all of her athletes to do that. Um. Especially life after college, but especially in the basketball realm. I mean, obviously everybody has their own philosophies and, you know, thoughts and ideas of how it should be taught. Um, But the game is the same to me, you know, whether I'm playing with six-year-olds and whether I'm playing with my NBA guys. Very true. The game is the the same. The objective of the game of basketball is always going to be the same. So I think for me, like going from college to, uh, college coach was probably my biggest transition because I've been a winner all my life. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm the, just the naive 
20 year old, 25 year old going into college, like, ah, oh, I know what to do. I know how to do it. But not realizing that basketball is probably 10% of my job. <laughs> the basketball aspect, the on court stuff is probably 10% of my job. Speak on everything, it. There's, there's, a, there's a current coach listening right now going, wait, let me get my pen and pad. Speak on that. Oh, what? That like basketball, like the aspect of skill development and all that. Some coaches are big on it. Some coaches are not. But as an assistant, you know, it's not, it's not your program. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not what you envisioned it to be. But I will say to be a good assistant, you make your boss's job easy. So you figure out what your boss is like. You figure out the philosophies they like, what they want, what they want the program to look like, the culture. And once you're bought into that, it's easy to transition and get that in your own niche, right? You add your own little flair to making the whole thing work. Um, but that was probably my biggest transition because I'm starting to figure out, like at that point, I was starting to figure out what, well, when it's my turn, I have a list of notes um, in my phone, right? I'm a big note taker big list of notes and the title of the note is when it's my turn and i listed from from point a to z how i wanted to run a program and this was when i was 25 26 years old based off what i thought was successful what i thought could have been improved what i thought were failures um what i wanted my culture to be from top to bottom the type of people i wanted to hire the type of kids i was going to recruit um, I, I spelled it out. And so when it was time for me to transition to my own, whether it been a CEO of a Fortune 500 company or a CEO of my training facility right now, I knew what I wanted it to look like. And so I think the, 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 the lack of knowledge for especially Black African-Americans going into that realm, mm -hmm. we just don't know it. We just don't know. It sounds good and it's an opportunity and, oh, yeah, I want to do that. Not knowing that there's not too many people like you in the room. So your margin for error is very slim. So you have to be, you have to be on your P's and on your Q's and you have to be the person that sometimes has to compromise what you believe and what you understand in order to keep your job. I kind of hear I kind of hear you going back to that sacrificing piece. Yes, that that's yes. necessary. And, mm -hmm. and for me, for me, and this is not for everybody, for me, a lot of times, I wasn't. I had a hard time sacrificing what I believed, who I was, just to coach college basketball. And I know I'm not the only person that feels like that. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was like, I'm passionate about the game already. Like, I, I know what I want. So let's just, let's just see what happens, right? I have the knowledge. I have the experience. I have the passion. Um, I have the support. So let's just see what it looks like when I, when I step out on faith and I do it on my own. And so I've taken all those experiences and all those lessons. Like, each one I needed, I knew that I needed um, in order to get where I am now. You know what I'm saying? And so I think. Every stepping stone was necessary, but every stepping stone was not always peaches and cream. Right, right. You know what I mean? So I think, that, like I said, the biggest challenge for me was the, the move from player, boom, right when you get to coach. Once you get coach, now you can do, you know, now I can teach it, I can skill it, I can talk it, I can recruit it. I can, all, all those things are in my bag now. But 
the transition from players, like, I, I want to do it. I know how to do it. So just give me the ball and let me just go do it. And it's like, no, your playing days are over, girl. You old. <laughs> you old. <laughs> you old. You played out. Watch that Achilles. Watch out. Right? Okay. Watch yeah. that ACL. Watch okay. That ACL. So then tell us what 94 Feet provides today. Like, tell us. The listeners okay. are listening. So, you know, I'm originally from Austin, Texas, born and raised. Um, okay. Seen basketball all my life, right? Super competitive Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin. Super competitive state and sports in general, whether it be football, baseball, softball, basketball, whatever it is. Texas has the resources and Texas has the players. Um, so when I moved here, I felt like there was a, a drop-off, right? Um, not only a lack of resources, but like the ability for kids to consistently get better. And so when I was recruiting, I'm like, man, like I want to recruit this area so bad. But I also know I'm not going to set kids up to fail. Uh, I, we're good at our jobs, but the reality is in college, I can't recruit potential. Re potential is going to get me fired, right? I have to recruit what I know in the best of my ability. And so it was easy for me to go to Texas and be like, oh, they're going to be ready to play right away. But as I grew to love this community and be invested in the culture and be invested in the state, um, I, I found a passion for wanting to do it here. And so we're strictly basketball skill development, but we develop the whole athlete, the total athlete. Um, and we start from six years old, as long as you can walk and talk with me, all the way to pros. Um, we specialize in, in everything basketball, everything skill set, everything IQ, everything speed and agility, um, and the culmination of all those things, the perfect storm to make the best athlete possible here. You know, we want to push push the narrative. This weekend we have an event called uh, For the Culture. And I'm big, big, big on the word culture, right? I want to show not only the state of Louisiana, but the country that Lafayette, Louisiana, has kids that can play, has kids that are invested, has kids that are wanting to get better, has kids that are getting better. Because New Orleans, um, Baton Rouge, they have those kids. Treeport, they're known for that, right? Talk about it. Talk about it. You just named They're known for that. Ooh, they got talent out there. They got some heat they now. They got talent. When, when people like, think Louisiana, they're like, oh, yeah, New Orleans. You know, and it's like, know, well. There's more. Yeah, there's more <laughs> to that, though. There's more to that. So um, we've grown, I mean, crazy in the last two years. We've only been open two years. Um, the event this weekend is sold out with the best kids, not only in the area, but surrounding areas. Um, so I'm super, super excited about that. And even more so, I'm a black woman doing this on the boy side. Kudos. If I had a clapping sound or a horn, <laughs> beep, 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 that's what we I'm would give you right now. I'm a black woman doing it on the, on the boy side. So that's where I'm, my heart, my soul, my passion, my, um, my mind is all focused on growing the game um, just in that realm. And so you, I think you can hear in my passion absolutely um, that that's when people walk into my gym we i'm not a babysitter i'm not a babysitter i'm here you tell me what you want i'm gonna do my best my blood sweat and tears to get you where you want to go 
but we got to drive the culture of basketball now. You know what I'm saying? There's no time, not later, not yesterday, not in two weeks. We doing it now. And so I've gotten kids and we've, we've driven the culture a lot. It's grown leaps and bounds from when we first started. Um, And I'm super proud about that. I'm super proud about our kids. Um, My kids actually all, all but one picked up offers to play college basketball at the next level. And this is just in one year of playing with me on the AAU circuit. So um, it's just, it's growing, but you know, I've had to kind of be like, I see the vision and I see the end, but taking it one day at a time, you know, taking it one step at a time and understanding we're going to get there. Right. I've had, I've had to kind of take a step back and, you know, let it work. You know, sometimes we can get impatient because we know what it's supposed to look like. We know what the end Mm -hmm. result is going to be. We know once we do the work, once we lock in and and we can be accountable and we can be passionate and consistent, we know where it's going to end up. Because to me, the recipe of of success has never changed from from 30 years ago to To 50 years from now. Like the recipe is never going to change. It's who's willing to do it. Mm. When you're not getting noticed, when you're not getting the applause, when people aren't aren't coming to you, are you still locked in and committed to what you feel like you need to do and your purpose is? So, I mean, on the days when people wasn't coming to me, to now my gym being full every day, you know, I've I've kept I've kept the same same um, intentional spirit, and I've kept the same passion when it came to it. So. Um, 94 feet is just all those things combined, man. All those things. And uh, even my trainers, you get the same thing from them. Love We're all locked in. We're all locked in. Now, what do you feel in this space? What do you feel you need more of, or we need more of? Cause you talked a, a, a little bit about the culture. What do you feel? Do we need more intentional parents? Do we need more intentional coaches? Do we need a different perspective? Like, what do you feel we need in this training space? As a trainer, um, I'm not going to say- I mean, you're not, you're not, well, you're not just a trainer. You're a coach. You're, you are visionary. You are somebody's sister, somebody's mother. When they come to the court, they, you know, you're the confidant coach. I don't know. So I want to, I want to, I don't want to limit you to one hat. You wear several, but right. in this space that you're in as a black woman doing your thing, like you said, two years, you've seen the growth. You see these mm-hmm. folks come into your gym for one specific thing, but they walk out with plenty other things that they're going to need in this thing we call life. Mm-hmm. What do you and feel? I, and I think not to be taken for granted. Um, and I say that to say. There's right. A lot Elaborate of on that. Yeah. There's a lot of me's out there. There's a lot of guys out there, but I think as a, as a whole, the country can can kind of take for granted that seventy percent of college athletics um, are African American, but the people that are teaching and coaching coaching it don't look like us. Yeah, come on now with the receipts. Talk they don't, about they don't it. Look, they don't look like us, and so to keep kids motivated, right? to do it on the other side, we've got to be intentional about providing them the opportunity to give back and do it in the same way, right? I walk in rooms a lot, right? I walk in a lot of rooms. I know a lot of people, you know? 
And I don't see a lot of people that look like me that are doing what I do. Mm-hmm. Right. But I see a lot of people that are invested in it. But if you're invested in it, I think you have to be intentional about surrounding people or kids that are oftentimes the majority with people that look like them. Um, so for me, like, obviously we got coaches and I think anybody who coaches the game, um, has the right heart, right? I don't think people get into it and be like, Oh, I just want to coach and just do, I think, I think people have the right heart when they get into coaching because it's not, it's not a profession that you get rewards from yeah, monetarily or, or praise, you know, a lot of your rewards is going to be the kids. My kids don't ever have to give me anything for me to do what I do for them. The only thing they got to do is, is, is be good people, right? And commit to doing something. Everything else, they're going to learn along the way. They're going to learn the value of teamwork. They're going to learn the value of communication. They're going to learn the value of hard work because they're going to see it in me. And a lot of my kids in Louisiana look like me. And I love on that the piece. Side of that, that's important though. That, I want to highlight that, important. but that's important though. That's important. And on the flip side of that, a lot of the guys that I train, right, are learning what it's like to have a woman that cares, that communicates, that loves. And not that they don't have people in their life that do that, but just in a different capacity, right? A lot of them don't go to school and see women like me coaching. I feel like that's a whole nother episode, sister. Like that's a whole nother episode. That's a whole nother episode on the Here K Tell podcast. Because you nailed it. That is an important skill set, attribute, trait that they're going to need when they get into the real world. I don't care what industry you're in, you're going to need to be able to receive and give to the opposite sex. Male to female, female to male. Let me take it even a step further. Go ahead. Them letting them letting their guard down and not letting the male ego get in the way of their progress. Ooh-wee, that's another episode, people. That's another episode. Because now, like with them, their guard is down. But in the realm of training, I'm dealing with a bunch of men that don't do that. And so if I can grow this culture of men who, ah, She's good. Like, I'm going to work with her. And it's easy to work with a woman. And as long as I communicate with the woman, we good. I can't let my male ego get in the way of what I'm trying to do or impede my progress of the bigger picture. But see, as a coach, I can do that with my, with my young men. As a trainer, it's hard in the realm of a room full of men to get them to do that. Got it. Got it. You know mm. what I'm saying? Mm. So that's kind of that's 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 episode part two coming. That is episode part two. (laughs) Episode part two. Um, (laughs) But but that's that's the piece of me that gives me joy is allowing to be impactful to these young men and young women because I train women to young women. Right. Right. Seeing these young men open their hearts up just to be loved and and taught by a woman without letting their male ego say, well, hold on. No, you can't know more than me. And you can't teach me because I lead with love first. Once they know I care, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. I got them. They respect me. 
They respect me. They love me. And I'm going to be honest, them boys going to go to war for me. Right, right. They're going to run through a wall when it comes to another man, another woman, another coach, another trainer. They're going to run through a wall for me. Because like anything else, like one, they're seeing somebody that looks like them, not the Mm -hmm. same sex, but looks like them doing it. But two, they're getting what they're giving. There you go. That was the nugget drop. They're getting exactly what they're giving. So as long as you respect me and, and, and we have, we have a mutual understanding of that. We're good. And that's what anybody, I'm a firm believer in it. Like you can go everywhere has a hood. Everywhere has a ghetto. Everywhere has that. But you go to a town that you ain't never been to before. You don't know nobody. You respect people. They're going to respect you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you touched upon a couple things, but there's one that I wanted, right. Just listen, we out here. Okay. We in here, (laughs) we out here. We definitely outside. Now you touched on a couple things, but I I think it's important for me to just peel back one little layer here. Highly successful Mm -hmm. people display certain attributes. Now you talked Mm -hmm. about communication, love as a, as a listener who's tuned into this episode, I want you to hone in on what two habits have made you successful because you talked about it earlier with passion, consistency, Mm -hmm. but I want you to, after telling that piece of the story, what two habits would you advise our listeners to really listen? These are the two things you need to put in your toolbox. Mm -hmm. Intentional with your time. Um, I'm I'm a big, I'm a big, like I'm a, I'm big on words and, and, and quotes and notes and stuff, but but time is the most important piece to not only my business but life. Because God rest my grandfather's soul, and this is anybody who has lost somebody. What would you do with five minutes with somebody that you lost? Ooh, good question. Okay, five minutes. So my five minutes is very valuable to me. Because if I had it to give to somebody that I want to give it to, I would give it to them night and day. So when, when kids walk into my gym, that's the first thing I tell them, okay? Don't waste my time. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your parents' money. And don't waste their time. Because we could all be doing something productive. We could all do something productive. But time, being super intentional with your time, with the 30 seconds, with the minute, with the hour, with the day, you can get so much done in a day. And like I said, see, we're human, right? That doesn't always get done. But when you have an intentional spirit about where your time and energy goes, you can be intentional about growing yourself, about your business, about your friendships, about your relationships, about the mm-hmm. conversations you have. You, you're, you're intentional about those things because you know the value your time brings. Um, second, communication right and that's something i think as a in in the black community we all have to improve in Mm -hmm. um because a lot of times we take emotion and don't know how to verbalize it we've we we're emotional about hundreds of years of things and we know what it feels like we know what it looks like but we don't necessarily know how to talk about it and how to articulate it and so i think once we are intentional about communication and learning how to be in different rooms, handling different emotions, like I, I, I've been in a room one time, okay, 
Um, and I'm not going to mention any names, but I've been in a room one time. And there was a dog in the room, right? A dog, a small dog, cute dog. Loved the dog. Wait, what? Like a real dog? Like a real dog. A real okay. dog. It was actually, a, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was in a room. And one of the parents told me, in a jokingly way, the dog doesn't want to come to you, Amber, maybe because you're black. Mm, okay. Wow. And for me, like, in the black community, you, you're you going to get comments like that. But it's easy to become emotional about it. You can still set your boundaries and your standards and set the expectations without putting a boot in your mouth and and messing up something or giving people the power or the no to get you out of your element. And so I, I think like, for me, I've grown in the last two years when it comes to communicating with different people in different realms. I'm in the South. I'm in the Southern state of Louisiana. Yeah, you in the South, all right, yeah. I'm in, I'm in the South. And so dealing with people who think that they know or have it ingrained in their head that they know better, um, they know all the answers or they can talk to you a specific kind of way. I I was intentional about saying that this will never sacrifice my business. People will never be able to say, oh, well, she lost her cool because this was said. Like, no, I've had to do some reflecting, some accountability and figure out how to articulate, have conversations, how to communicate with people that I agree with, people that I don't, people that um, I have to... Um, give information to and people that I have to educate. Um, and so I think when you, when you become well-rounded and well-faceted in your ability to communicate with different types of people, especially as a business owner, you're going to thrive. You're going to thrive. Absolutely agree with you on that one. Absolutely. Okay. So I, I got another question for you. If Ooh, you had you. to, <laughs> if you had to pick a headliner for this episode, what would you want our listeners to take away? Give me one. Mm. Um. Ooh. I say, speak your truth. I love speak it. Speak your truth. I speak love your it. truth. Okay. Um, because because I think everybody. Everybody has a story to tell, right? Everybody has yes. a story to tell. But sometimes telling the truth, you're fearful of what people think, what people are going to say. Um, and I think we can all learn something from everybody. And so for me, this is just my truth, right? All the experiences I've gone through um, from loving my parents to my parents supporting me to the experience that I had. And in coaching college basketball to the experience I've had um, running my own business, good and bad, um, I know somebody else is going to go through something similar. And regardless of how people take it, people understand, as long as you're living in your truth, I promise you'll live a purposeful, happier life um, because it's going to be the real honest you. 
we talk about in total agreement. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Oh, gosh. What a treat. What a treat. Join us next week for another relatable story on the Hear K Tell podcast, detailing the transitions from sport to career. Amber, I appreciate you joining us. Like, I learned something today and literally we've never met in person, but I could, I could, I could honestly say that I learned a few things that I know I'm going to put in my toolbox and continue to utilize. We appreciate you for sure. I appreciate you. And thank you. Thank you, Kay. You're doing a great job. Absolutely. Now this is a special edition because I want, this is a treat. Yes. This is a special edition episode. I want my listeners to really uh, listen up. I'm actually going to do a giveaway. And so I want you whoever's listening to definitely go and write a review in writing that review. Once I see it, I'll be sure to give away some heat. I know everybody loves footwear, so I'm giving some stuff away for sure to all my listeners. Be sure to write a review. Let me know what you think about this episode. Again, Amber, thank you. And uh, we out.